today on Laura Lynn and Friends. Statisticians who understand these things and who've analyzed the illness and the morbidity after the shot, they basically have computed that on average, your life is shortened by five to seven years per shot that you get. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the beginning of the last days. Uh, I am thrilled to be with you. I have one of my favorite people, Dr. Chris Shoemaker, on today to talk about a few things going on in Canada and also uh, the latest on, uh, you know, what they're finding in um, the, you know. So we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I love reading from my dad's Bible, and uh, I thought, well, I wonder if he's uh, marked up Matthew 24, and uh, because Matthew 24 talks about the end of the world, and well, it talks about the last days. It talks about wars and rumors of wars, and I go to Matthew 24, and of course he does. Matthew 24, 6, it says, and, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Woo! We got more time. <laughs> okay, we're seeing wars and rumors of wars, so I think that uh, all is well. Uh, we're going to get through it. It does say here as well, he, so he has the next one underlined. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. So it's not just wars. Uh, we're going to see the earthquakes, famines, pestilences. I think we've seen some animals that, uh, some little bugs that have been infesting places. Um, I don't, I particularly don't like that one. So pretty serious times. At, uh, after I'm done with my guest today, we're going to go over some of the latest that's happening in Gaza and uh, with the reports in Israel. I was up late enough to actually see Biden get off the plane and greet Netanyahu in Israel uh, to see these uh, two come together. Very interesting. I have lots of thoughts on it and a lot of questions, and I bet you all have questions too. I wanted to present at the end of the show today some of my questions, some of the things that make me go, hmm. And, uh, you know, we're all wading through this. Of course, we're not privy to backroom deals. We're not privy to private conversations that are taking place. Uh, you know, between world leaders. And so we see through a glass darkly. That's how I feel about everything right now is we see through a glass darkly. I do want to look at my share right now, JT, if you're able to pull that up. And I think this is kind of good news that a majority, including two in five past liberal voters, say that Trudeau uh, should step down. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has made, um, did I? Oh, okay, I'm still on it. No, uh, sorry, I don't know what just happened there. Uh, oh, man, this is so upsetting. Okay, I don't know what I did. This is not what I'm on. It's, like, it's as if it's doing its own complete thing. Okay, do you know what happened? I think they just literally posted while I was on, and they, refreshed. yeah, it refreshed. Okay, a majority including two in five past liberal voters say Trudeau should step down. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has made clear his intention to lead the party into the next election, scheduled for 2025. Most voters, including a large portion of his own party supporters, feel he should step down before the next election. A new study from the nonprofit Angus Reid Institute finds more than half of Canadians actually agree with that. And so 
Um, you know, he's getting a lot of uh, flack from his, his own party, and I think that's absolutely fantastic because he's done a terrible job, and he's led our country into judgment uh, because of all of the things, because of the scandals, everything that's happened, because of basically um, being the kind of prime minister that isolated uh, quite a number of Canadians when the pandemic came. And uh, we were told that, many were told that you either take a shot or you, you lose your job. And that, that's a fact. So um, I want to invite Dr. Chris right now. Dr. Chris Shoemaker, um, you're a, a good friend of this uh, show and we've had you on many, many times. I don't know that you need much of an introduction. You were a, um, a doctor, I guess, in practice for many, many years. You're in retirement now. But you continue, because of your expertise, to weigh in on what is going on. And right now, um, you are spending your time in a movement that not, not everybody knows about. I've heard uh, some conflicting uh, stories about it. But you're, you're with a group of people right now standing for the children. And I wonder if you could talk to us about where you are, what's going on, and what Canadians need to know. Well, I'm here in a little town called Castleman, Ontario. Castleman, Ontario is 30 to 35 minutes east of Ottawa. And Castleman, Ontario is a place where uh, these safety, polite, interested in making the points of what we need to do to keep our children safe, that's where these people have collected. Uh, we have as many as uh, 200, 250 on the weekend and perhaps as few as 80 or so during the week. But we think that this coming weekend, we may well be at 300 or more with our group. And in addition, will be added to by the million person march or the million man, uh, that particular thing will be happening on Saturday the 21st. But just to return to the Save the Children, I was so pleased that they chose this phrase. I think you recall when I met with you a year and a half ago, Laura Lynn, we said, save the children, stop the vax. That was the motto for what was the safe way to go forward with vaccines. Save the children, stop the vax. And I told you that time in the hotel room that we did the interview in, in Ottawa, that Britain had come out with statistics that sadly showed that the vaccinated children had a death rate 5,200% greater than the non-vaccinated children. It was a horrific number. 52-fold, to be 52 times more likely to pass away over time in the year after your shot. That's what the British own study showed. Frightening, awful, and people have noticed that. Great Britain, their prime minister, took away the mandate that children had to do it within four days of that coming out. But did the world really recognize? They failed to recognize. They failed to believe their own eyes. They failed to believe their own studies that children especially we're more likely to pass away from this shot. They still pass away very little. If you die 52 times more and the normal rate is, you know, two in a million. So I guess it just gets you up 52 times more than that. But no child should be made 52 times more likely to pass away because they're getting an injection in their arm. And so that's our message. That's what we're politely on the streets of Ottawa telling people about. Sticking to the scientific basics that we want our population to be safe. And that's all that we're about save the children in Ottawa. We go into Ottawa on a daily basis, walk the streets politely. We have an olive branch with us, many of us, and we say to both the police 
who observe us and to fellow citizens who see us when we're around the eternal flame on Parliament Hill, politely as citizens are allowed to do. We are there and we're stating that we have an olive branch of peace for all of us, whose center point, whose dear, dear center point should be allow individuals to make their own decision. And I'll tell you the scientific reasons behind that shortly. Thank you, Laura. Exactly. Okay. Well, before we get to some of the, that science, so uh, so you are with a group of, just to clarify for everyone, uh, a mm -hmm. group of peaceful Please. people, parents that are basically there standing for children, for the protection of children in our nation. And is it only medical protection or is it also to do with this whole movement of an ideology that has come in? Uh, I would say it's two-thirds on the medical point and the, those scary points of harm, but without question, a good one-third is also uh, clearly that children and their parents deserve to know what's being told to them or talked to them in schools, and that children shouldn't have secrets that are only known to the teacher and the principal, and the parents somehow are not allowed to know about those secrets. That's unethical, and we are as people and as parents and as grandparents, we are indeed against that. Okay, wonderful. So, uh, Dr. Shoemaker, are you all living, uh, you're all kind of staying together then for most of the week uh, in an area? Uh, three quarters of people are all in this particular campsite near Castleman. Uh, right. About five, I'm in a busy little town of 7,000 people. As you can see, the 7,000 people have a Tim Hortons whose <laughs> signpost is behind me and a McDonald's across the street from it. So it's big enough for both a Tim what Hortons and better? a McDonald's <laughs> and an SO station and pharmacies and something called the Microtel uh, Hotel. And the reason I'm giving the pitch for the Microtel Hotel here in Castleman is some people don't want to come out and stay in a camper. Some people don't want, oh, isn't that wonderful? You put the picture up that we took that about seven days ago. That was nice. just as, or eight days ago. And it was a beautiful moment there. Yes, there'd been some rain, but we were still hardy. We were still willing to do our thing. Those show the farm fields that are around us. Thank you, JT, for showing that. Beautiful. And uh, so uh, we, we stay together as much as we can. But people who would like to stay in a hotel, you just have to call them the Microtel of Castleman. You'll stay there and you can come out and join us at the campsite. We have free food at the campsite. Uh, we've considered an honor to have more people join us. We would consider it an honor if more people supporting medical safety for children to come and be with us. That's what we're all about. Okay, so any talk that people might hear about any kind of violence or any, you know, thoughts about um, any, you know, dangerous behavior, that is not at all what is a part of the group that you're with right now. With apologies for the noise, I think I understood 99% of what you just said. Yeah. And without question, uh, we've talked amongst ourselves. We've been talked, the leadership of the group has spoken to us and said, it's all about safety and politeness. We, are, we have no plan to usurp anything. We are not going, we, we would talk to a member of parliament if they walked by, but that's all we would do. We aren't mm -hmm. doing anything other than making our quiet points. Basically, in many ways, the same points that the truckers made a year and a half ago. We just want to, it's now time to continue this point, And it's past the time because now what's happening this fall with perhaps more hepatitis or more respiratory syncytial virus or more infections of various types happening to people. Why is it happening? 
It's because the COVID shots have damaged people's immune systems, the children, the parents, the families living together, even with shedding from the vaccine into the rest of the family. Everybody's health is damaged, Laura Lynn. Everyone's health is damaged. And we're here to say the damage has to stop. And there's only one way it will stop. People have to take back their shoulders, don't get the shots. The shots make us four and five more times likely to get COVID. The only study that made any sense in the last year was in the United States out of Cleveland, Ohio. It was going on one year ago right now from September of 22 to December of 22. And the fact that came out of it showed that any staff member who'd had four and five shots was four and five times more likely to get COVID or get ill effects from COVID. And any staff member who was employed in the Cleveland Clinic, and there were 8,000 people who were employed in the Cleveland Clinic without vaccination, they were the healthiest. They had the least sick time, they got the least COVID, they had no issues. So sadly, we've got a small bit of herd immunity. The stupid governments have encouraged us to take a shot that was always known, based on scientific research, everybody always knew that a shot against a coronavirus can never be effective. And all it will do will extend any infection program or process if you try to fight it. And so therefore, it's only a small herd that has herd immunity, but at least that small herd of unvaccinated has helped us. But the increasingly large herd of people who have three and four shots, and sadly some who've taken five, they are ill. They are increasingly going to get ill. They are increasingly going to get cancer. And so I politely say to everyone, it's not that everyone will get cancer, and it's not that everyone will have a stroke, and not that everyone will have a heart attack from these shots, but too many do, way too many do. And I know that Dr. Macus has been on with you and, and told the people quite a bit about those things. So that's why we're so concerned. Yeah, and we appreciate that. One of the things that you've been highlighting <clears throat> is that uh, it seems to be that there is DNA uh, found in in these shots. Do you do you can you shed light on what that exactly means to to us? Absolutely, Laura Lynn, and it's it, it's not an easy thing to get your head around. But let's face it: if this shot from the beginning was advertised, because here's the truth. The truth is one third of what is in the shot is actual genetic DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid, which was the genome produced by humans, allowed to be attached to a coronavirus and turned into this fake pandemic. But it has to start with a genetic construction to begin with. And it's either in a DNA form, which can get into your nucleus of your cell, or it's in an RNA form, which can only get as far as what's called the cytoplasm of the cell. If it was only RNA, like we were promised, the RNA would produce spike for about three, four, five months in you, and then would probably wear out. If it's DNA, and fully one third of what goes into our arms with every shot is deoxyribonucleic acid, that form of nucleic acid can go into the nucleus of your cell. And it doesn't actually change you as a human being. It doesn't change the you. But what it does is it allows the you, it, it, it's in there in parallel with the rest of your DNA. And it allows you to be a spike producer. And it allows you to produce spike in your body for 10 or 15 years or how many years you've got left on the planet. Is that doing you any good? If you were told at the very, very beginning, Gee, folks, we just have to let you know that we've somewhat purposely put in not just RNA, but DNA in here. Uh, but by the way, the DNA will hang in with you for 15 years and keep producing spike, which will produce chronic illness in you. 
If those were on the package label, would anyone have taken it? No. But the truth is that's what should have been on the label because that's what scientists like Dr. McKernan, Dr. Jessica Rose, and so many others, every vial that they've tested has had massive amounts of actual permanent kind of nucleic acid, which is the deoxyribonucleic acid, DNA, and that DNA can physically get into your cells and keep pumping out effectively, spike into you for over a decade. Well, this is very concerning and alarming, and I mean, it It continues to go to, I'm not well, sure why so. I'm hearing myself so loudly, JT. There we go. Um, but um, what uh, the, the problem that we're seeing now, you know, is that there was not informed consent ever given to anyone. And we do actually have some people that are now suing uh, the government, um, and we're going to be doing an interview on that later that we'll, we'll be airing later this week, but uh, they're going to be suing the government for having forced them to take something where they couldn't even get the ingredients to get informed consent. Oh, yes, there can and must be lawsuits, but courts of law, what about courts of morality to begin with? What about the fact that this is the most dangerous thing ever put into the human population in the history of mankind. What about the fact that it was all purposeful lying? What about the fact that doctors were not allowed to use simple generic medicines that would totally have cured the safety aspect of the original infection? And instead we had to wait for well, something that's not a treatment. Vaccines are never a treatment. Vaccines have never been a treatment. They're ostensibly a preventative. Well, they're not vaccines because they don't prevent anything at all. They make it more likely that you that you get it. So you're taking a reverse vaccine. You're creating a harm vax that makes you more likely to get the disease that they said it was going to help. And in fact, it makes many, many, many other diseases more likely to happen. Death rates have gone through the roof, Laura Lynn, only since 2021, late 2021 into 2022 and now 2023. So we've had high death rates around the world that Edward Dowd and other statisticians have told us about. And they only started in the two to three months after the vaccination program started. The world's loss of life, normally 70 million people every year die in the world. That's a lot, but there's 70 or 80 million dollar, 70 or 80 million children born in the world every year. So it kind of all evens out. But since the vax has been put in, there's an extra 40 to 50 million deaths a year worldwide wouldn't and shouldn't happen, and they're only happening because of the vax. They're not happening for any other reason. And anyone who thinks otherwise is a complete liar or they have the head in the sand. That's I think a bit of both. Absolutely staggering uh, statistics. And even while excess deaths are happening, the only uh, people that I'm seeing mention it is the European Parliament, I think, uh, was calling for an investigation. But Canada seems to be having their head in the sand over this. Well, I guess 40 or 50,000. In fact, even more recently, it's creeping up towards 86,000. 86,000 more deaths per year is happening. And they're all in that unaccounted for category or death reason not specified. And the reason it's not specified is that they don't go in and do the biochemical staining and the genetic staining that would tell them that this deceased myocardial heart actually is infested with spike. So they don't 
name it, but the bottom line is all-cause mortality is 75 to 86,000 extra Canadians died this last year than would normally have died in the years before. We haven't been having a world war here in Canada. The deaths from COVID are down a lot. The strength of COVID is relatively speaking down and people are wising up and they're treating themselves properly with ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine early. And so therefore they're not suffering quite much deaths. Fewer and fewer deaths from COVID itself. What else is causing these extra 75 to 86,000 more deaths in Canada that should happen? Well, that's part of your family. That's part of my family. It's maybe me a year from now because I had two jabs. I don't know when whatever's going to grab me. Nobody does. But we've all been made more likely for early demise because of the jabs. And I'll make one little, little point. Statisticians who understand these things and who've analyzed the illness and the morbidity after the shot, they basically have computed that on average, your life is shortened by five to seven years per shot that you get. Does that wake you out of the top? Anybody? You want to continue to take that risk? If you've had four shots, don't have a fifth. If you've had two, don't have a third. If you've had zero, don't have any. Not with numbers like that. Not with those realities. I'm so sorry to say that. I, I'm, I'm sad about it. Deeply sad. Mm-hmm. But let's take care of each other. No more jabs. Especially for children. I appreciate that so much. You know, when you and I were uh, there, you know, we'll close up with this uh, February of 2022 with the Freedom Convoy. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that's where we met, uh, Dr. Chris. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so that's yeah. where we got to know each other in that fight. Um, I remember clearly one person talking about a, a young man that had died. And I believe this is this same person. JT has a, um, there is a, a lawsuit regarding... Uh, this young person, the father, yeah. Ontario man. Yeah. So, so, so people yeah. were talking about this at the convoy. Um, he files a 30, $35.6 million lawsuit against Pfizer over his son's vaccine death. And um, like you say, there needs to be a lot of lawsuits. Do we get justice in, in the courts? I don't know what's wrong with them, whether they're bought off or what, but hopefully with, with a, you know, with the increase in pressure through lawsuits, they will begin to take note that this has cost people dearly. This is the life of a young man that would be here today, except for his father and the family feeling, well, you know, we should do our part and get our son vaccinated because that's the propaganda on the nightly news. And it's taken lives, many lives. Yes, that's dear uh, Sean Hartman and his father, Dan. And, uh, Dan is doing the job for all of us of, of, of putting a face to it. But there's so many faces. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of Canadian faces passed away and passing away because of the genetic harm going into their body. And, and, and in the case of why a child would die 28 days after their one and only injection, little Sean just had one injection. And it wasn't the very next day he passed away, but it was 28 days later. And the reason that it happens like that is that in your body, the immune system reacts to the thing that shouldn't be there. Spike shouldn't be in your cells. And if he's had 10,000 heart cells extrapolating and showing the presence of foreign spike on its own surface, your immune system notices and the child dies in their sleep because their own heart is attacked by their own immune system. 
And in the case of the liver, if the spike is in the liver massively, you get your own form of hepatitis, autoimmune hepatitis, because your body is attacking yourself. We have teenagers who are turning into type 1 diabetics. They were perfectly healthy. Largely speaking, teenagers never get type 1 diabetes. They might get type 2. But type 1, very, very rare once you pass the age of 15 or 16. And we've got 17, 18, 21-year-olds suddenly developing type 1 diabetes. That's an autoimmune where your own body is attacking your pancreas and destroying its islet cells so that you become diabetic. And that's happening because of a vaccine-induced self-harm from your own immune system being strong. Why should people have to go through life with diabetes who didn't have to? Why should 17-year-olds have to die in their sleep who didn't have to? This has been foisted on us. This has been foisted on us by malicious people who knew the risks and then knew the risks of doing mRNA inside plasmids and lipid nanoparticles. <laughs> it's had to be toxic because you know what, Laura Lynn, when they put lipid nanoparticles into people, they were never allowed to put lipid nanoparticles into anyone unless they were only going to live five years. If you had a cancer disease, they were willing to experiment, but they knew that lipid nanoparticles, and that's what carries RNA and DNA into us. They knew that they were so toxic that they couldn't legitimately be used unless you had only five months to live. And they put lipid nanoparticles and they put plasmids into us. And you look up Dr. Jessica Rose, you look up uh, Dr. Geert van den Bosch and Dr. Paul Alexander. These people have the science. They know it was a death knell to put stuff like this into us. They warned us, warned us, and warned us, and nobody cared to notice because the media have been paid off by big time professional money that wants a horror show. And we are having a horror show. It's tragic. It truly is tragic. And one of the interesting parts about this young man, uh, Sean, was that an autopsy was done by an American doctor, Ryan Cole, and that's how they right. have the evidence. And I do hope that there would be a way where Canadian doctors would do autopsies to begin to have the proof right here on our soil and bring these nasty folks to justice. I, I do pray that we continue to try to find that path. And as we all know, when people get brought to justice, there is a certain satisfaction within that, but how much of a satisfaction really? Yes. So they're a murderer. Oh, so they go to jail or they have a lawsuit against their earnings in the future. Yes. Five probably go bankrupt before they pay into something like this. It is just so awful. But we will we will save this situation. We will save it. Everybody, I should be able to stop talking on this by the middle of November. And here's why and how. Citizens of the world start politely marching in the streets as we're doing already in Ottawa today. Say that enough. Say that we'll take no more jabs in our arms that hurt us. Say it. Do it. Write your members of parliament. Members of parliament, a few of you using this. I am not baffling you. I'm giving you honest information. You really Thank are, you. and you always have, Dr. Chris Shoemaker. Thank you very much. Please wish everyone well. Um, for those that are standing for the children and sacrificing right now by doing what you're all doing, um, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for doing what you are doing there. And uh, you're extending well, thank you the for olive your thank branch. You.
and I'm just going to circle and show the modest little small town of Castleman has a lovely Tim Hortons right behind me and other it. things uh, and a hotel. See that large white building behind me? Yeah. That's a hotel that you can stay in. You don't have to stay in the campsite. You can stay in the microtel. It's only 30 minutes from Ottawa. It's only five minutes from the camp. And we'd love to have you. Come on out this weekend. We want friendship and Canadians to feel safe in their capital city. And that's what we're all about. Very good. Very good. Well, the hotel's the way I'd want to go. But I'd join you for hot chocolate. That's and the march. Perfect. <laughs> the walk. <laughs> Perfect. We would love right. that, Laura Lynn. You come anytime you want. Thank Bye you. now. Bye-bye. Thank God you. Bless. Thank you. Bye. Take care. God bless you. Wonderful. I like him, don't you? I like him a lot. Um, so uh, I was up late uh, just sort of following what was happening when they said that uh, that the IDF, Israel's army, had bombed the hospital. And I remember, you know, someone mentioned it to me and then I said, I just don't think that they would do that. Like that is not the MO of the Israel um, army. They are notorious, well known for trying to protect, protect human life. And I know this from watching for many years. I saw them once again the other day, you know, letting those pamphlets out over Gaza to tell everyone how to get out of there because Hamas won't. So then we find out that the hospital has been bombed. Um, I got word uh, that there's 300 deaths and, and, you know, and I thought that's very unusual. They would not bomb the hospital. Then it comes to light that they have an audio recording that someone else has, uh, the, you know, the jihadis over there. They've released this bomb and it, it misfired, and it hit the hospital, and, it's, and they've got evidence. They've got a timestamp on that happening. They've got a timestamp on the hospital blowing up because everything's filmed. They're just watching carefully. Um, and so we know that it's the other side that has actually bombed their own hospital. Then they have a voice recording of a couple of guys saying, oh no, looks like an accident. They bombed their own hospital. In the light of day, it comes to be understood that, uh, and I think here, um, okay, there you go, JT, you've got some stuff on there. Um, it comes to be seen that uh, the, it kind of went off in the parking lot. Is that right? And that uh, not too much is, is going on there. Um, let me see if I can share. Oh, you've got video? Sure, sure, roll the video, yeah. Okay, so as you can see here, this is a parking lot, a lot of cars. Looks like a lot of cars got blown up. Um, and I think, and some other shots that I'm seeing, the buildings around are standing, and I've heard today, have you heard how many casualties? That there's not 300 casualties at all. Maybe some people died, um, especially if they were standing in the parking lot. That was probably their unlucky day for that. But not 300 deaths, as was immediately reported. And now we're seeing that some parts of the world refusing to even acknowledge the truth of the facts 
that Israel never launched uh, that into, into a hospital. And I watched some of the generals uh, speak on this. this the uh, Israeli generals had comments to make on this and just saying, nope, we don't do that. We wouldn't have done it. And uh, not happening, not going to happen. And so I appreciate that, that you know, part of it. I, I really hope against hope that there will be a resolving of this. But maybe yourselves, like me, are seeing that we are potentially gearing up for something much bigger. So remember that scripture that I read about wars and rumors of wars and be sure to not let your heart be troubled because the end is not yet. Uh, don't let your hearts be troubled. Um, first of all, thank God for the country that you live in that is peaceful. Um, the concern about our country, we have some Canadian-Palestinian protest visuals. So this is the concern that we might be facing right now. So this is Toronto and, um, or Ottawa perhaps. Um, and then I've had a bunch of stuff as well on my, um, you can just keep showing that, but you know, a, a lot of protesting. Um, I'm a little concerned that we're not aware of who the terrorists are. When people come into your country and they burn families in front of each other, they kill children in front of parents, they kill parents in front of children, they rape women, kill women, 1,400 dead on a day, and, and an unprovoked, complete assault, I'm a little concerned about why that isn't exactly, exactly, exactly visualized and seen for what, for what it is and why that's so hard to understand who the terrorists are. And it's also my concern for some of my, my dear uh, friends in Canada of, you know, Middle Eastern uh, descent that they also are not willing to call terrorism by that ugly name. And I find that disturbing. Um, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh says Israel is sowing the seed of genocide. And I have to wonder, Jagmeet Singh, what the heck are you talking about? Who are you? How do you see the world? Jagmeet Singh. First of all, maybe your blindness comes from some of your associations with the Kalistanis. This is a terrorist group that India has deemed to be a, a terror organization. You don't seem to understand that. So you don't understand terror. So as far as I'm concerned, you have no business being in power. You should resign and you should lose your position in Canada because I'd like to think that in Canada... When people go into any nation or community and kill people and light them on fire and shoot babies and behead them, yes, that happened. When they do that, those are not the ones bringing genocide. The, the people that are, that are victims of that. The ones bringing genocide are the terrorists who inflicted the harm. Take a look. International law must be upheld 
and respected. Make no mistake, collective punishment is a violation of this law. Canada must insist that all those who broke these laws are held accountable, even those nations we have called friends. Canada must call for a ceasefire to end the killing of innocent civilians in Gaza immediately. We cannot allow for the continuing dehumanization of an entire population. When we stop seeing each other as humans, when we stop believing that each life has value, this is when the seeds of genocide take hold. Right. Okay, Mr. Pro-abortion doesn't see any value in life to begin with. Okay, so when people do not see the value of human life, when they go into a nation such as Israel, and I'm not saying that there's not bad people in Israel and bad Jews and the elitists, so nobody needs to, you know, think that they have to educate me on that there's, you know, global world sorrows, you know. Listen, we know that, but these are innocent people in Israel. Israel has a right to exist. The problem we're having right now is that Hamas and Hezbollah and the Middle East largely does not want Israel to have a right to exist. Israel does not go in and occupy territories. Israel is, this is their nation. And in fact, they live in peace with Palestinians in Israel. I was there, I saw it. And we played the video yesterday of the Palestinians basically saying Israel's the one taking care of us. Israel gives us jobs. There is peace in Israel. So what is Jagmeet Singh talking about when he says we cannot dehumanize a whole people group? No, 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 no. They dehumanize the Israelis. They dehumanize the Jews and think that they can do something like this and get away with it. Israel has a right to protect itself. If Jagmeet Singh were in a neighborhood where he had a bunch of bullies that came in, shot up his family, okay, killed members of his family, would he think that it wouldn't be okay for, for justice to be extracted even if these bullies and these the, the Crips and the Bloods uh, use others as human shields and they think that they can hide. These terrorists that hide behind the, the population, that's what they do. They use people. They dehumanize their own people and they hide behind them and they inflict pain and then they say, oh no, don't shoot us. Oh, we've got a, you know, we're in front of this and you know, we've got families here. You can't get us. It's all tactics of war. There comes a point where a line gets drawn in the sand. The, the Jewish people cannot continue to live like this. Is it getting into a bigger war? Well, sure, because now Biden and Obama, who's, let's face it, actually running the show, who has, he's potentially a Muslim himself. I remember when he was beginning to run for president. Oh, yes, I've received Christ. <laughs> oh, never saw any evidence of that during his reign. So Obama funds these terrorists. He gave them money when he was in power. And now through Biden, billions of dollars have gone to Iran. When 
President Trump left his office. Iran was a, a limp, suffering group because he had put sanctions on them and he had brought justice in that and he was not funding terrorism. Obama gets in, new regime, fund the terrorists. Let's give all the gangs guns. Let's give all the gangs, you know, more weapons of warfare to take out Israel. I want to play for you. Well, this is a great guy. This is a former Hamas member, Mossab Youssef, criticizing the Palestinian leadership. Take a look. I take the floor on behalf of the UN Watch. My name is Mossab Hassan Youssef. I grew up in Ramallah as a member of Hamas. I address the words to the Palestinian Authority which claims to be the sole legitimate representative of the Palestinian people. I ask, where does your leg legitimacy come from? The Palestinian people did not elect you and they did not appoint you to represent them. You are self-appointed. Your accountability is not to your own people. This is evidenced by your own total violation for their human rights. In fact, the Palestinian individual and their human development is the least of your concerns. You kidnap Palestinian students from campus and torture them in your jails. You torture your political rivals. The suffering of the Palestinian people is the outcome of your selfish political interest. You are the greatest enemy of the Palestinian people. If Israel did not exist, you would have no one to, to blame. Take responsibility for the outcome of your own actions. You fan the flames of conflict to maintain your abusive power. Finally, you use this platform to mislead the international community, to mislead the Palestinian society, to believe that Israel is responsible for the problems you create. Thank you. Oh, did you see the faces in that room? I don't think they were friendly. I don't think they were happy about what he was saying. Telling the truth about Hamas, about their desire to take out Israel. And I believe, let me see if I can find this because I know last night, um, okay, uh, here it is. Uh, so Dave Rubin, um, Well, he was speaking about Hamas's indiscriminate, but there was also one where I I found where a Hamas. Um, let's go through a few of these. Oh, sorry, you are there. I'm sorry, JT. Okay, as a member of the Hamas caucus, her goal is precisely to get people killed. Every rocket Hamas fires is indiscriminately aimed at hospitals, schools, temples and civilians, she just wishes they had more accuracy. So John Lefevre, and, and he's, uh, Rashida Tlaib is inciting anti-Semitism and violence against Jews with her disregard for the truth and rush to judgment. Uh, so what did they do? What did she post up? Uh, Israel using the most advanced weapons technology just struck the uh, Ali Hospital in Gaza City. And initial reports say 500 patients and doctors and nurses took out Vital humanitarian infrastructure in the middle of a broader genocidal attack. So 
basically they're saying that these people died and where would they get that information? So all of the disinformation, we can't believe anything that's coming from the other side at this point. We really can't. And I'm having a hard time feeling sorry for anyone that's left in Gaza because they have been, they've got leaflets, they've got instructions, they need to get out of there. This has now become a war zone. Why is it a war zone? Well, it's a, a war zone because, um, because terrorists went in and murdered all these people, including babies, lit people on fire, including old, old people, dragging them out of their homes and shooting them. These people are horrible terrorists. Now, here's a viral post. Maybe some of you have seen this. This is an AI-generated image to falsely claim it shows a baby in Gaza. So, yes, there's fake stuff. There's AI, okay? And so, no wonder there's confusion with all of us wondering, you know, what, uh, you know, wondering what the true story is, right? And last night, I put this, uh, you know, on something up uh, by um, now this lady we want to run this lady I want to so uh, there's something I want to show about there's a guy that basically is talking for Hamas and um, I might not have placed it on my Twitter I just saw it and I shared it to, to people but basically this fellow Hamas is talking uh, with Hamas, he's a leader, and he says, this is only the beginning that the destruction is going to come to the Jews and to the Christians. So they really, they have rhetoric that actually speaks against the Christians. And the Christians, what, in the world? What are we looking at on our soil in Canada? What is happening for our land? All of these marches, all of these people that don't seem to care about what Hamas just did to 1,400 people. Uh, not only the people they've killed, which is maybe gracious compared to what's happened, happening to kidnap victims. They have several hundred kidnapped people as well. They've killed Canadians, uh, Americans. This is, this is not okay. And so... On our soil, we have now discrepancies. We have people that are in, being incited to hatred of the Jews, being incited to haters, to being haters of Christians, including a fellow that I would like to have on my show from Victoria, British Columbia, who is basically speaking about what the Quran says to come against and not to the Quran saying, he's saying that the Quran is saying not to align with Jews and Christians. This has come to our borders. This is why multiculturalism may be problematic. You know, there's a lot of people who'd love to get into Canada. Canada was founded on Christian principles. And even if you're an atheist, you need to just pay attention right now to the fact that you have a right to be an atheist in this country. Why? Because Christians and biblical perspectives created an opportunity for there to be freedom to be an atheist. 
Because if you're an atheist in other parts of the world, if you're an LGBTQ in other parts of the world, you might not live if you let that cat out of the bag. In Israel, you can be an atheist. Just like in Canada, it's, it's a democracy there. Freedom was God's idea. Freedom is found in this book. Under the supremacy of God, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms was put in. And you remember who talked to us about that? The Honorable Brian Peckford. And he's quite offended when a judge called into question what, what God the Charter of Rights and Freedoms might be talking about. Because our rights are given to us under the supremacy of God, the rule of law. Brian Peckford says, we were all Christians. What other God would there be? This is a nation founded on biblical principles, and I thank God for that. But that seems to be disappearing. And now the, the people that have a, a democracy and have a sliver, a tiny sliver of land, and I know I had that picture somewhere on my Facebook. You know, they have a tiny sliver of land, and they just want to be able to be a people. And they're not being given that right. They are not being seen to be able to just have their nation. And a lot, a lot of, a lot of bad stuff is just being created and spewn at all of us. I'll tell you what, I am sickened by the pain that Palestinian families are going through. If they are feeling in danger, I bet they do because their leadership, Hamas, has done this to them. They need to overthrow them. Hamas has done this. And furthermore, I don't know why you're still in Gaza. So now, you know, we've got factions coming in from Lebanon and Iran is threatening you know, this looks like just a complete rising against Israel. Israel was the one just days ago. It's not even been two weeks, just days ago, that experienced an atrocity that if that were to happen on our shore, on in our land in Canada, that kind of a killing spree, so brutal, people beheaded in our streets, Children shot in the head, families lit on fire in front of other family members. If that were to happen on our streets, what would you all be thinking we should be doing? Stand down? Not deal with the bullies? Allow whoever did this to us to just continue to exist and no, no justice? Maybe justice isn't the right word. It's just that you can't allow them to do it again. You can't allow it. And that's where we're at. So, man, I, you know, every day I get on here and I go, well, should I talk about this again? Because, you know, it's, it's not good for the donations, I'll tell you that. The reason that JT and I are here every day is because... We have a mandate and a calling. We really feel it's from God to speak the truth to world events. And you might not always agree with me, but I'll tell you what you will know. You'll know where I stand because I'm not afraid to.
to speak what I think is happening. I admit I'm only human. Maybe there's some issues that I won't quite see right. Feel free to send me an email so you can educate me. I will tell you that I'm spending an awful lot of time trying to figure out all sides. Not only that, but I'm on the phone to podcasters from Israel, to a, a source from Israel today, talking to me, telling me about what it's like on the ground, telling me what they're concerned about. There's grave concern over how this could have happened. And I have questions about that, about how uh, Mossad and the IDF did not know that this attack was coming. Yes, I have grave questions about that. That doesn't mean that I think that that Israel is uh, one, you know, and complicit and and is friends with with Hamas. Something bad has happened, and it's it's continuing to happen. So when I talk about these things, some of you all don't donate anymore, and we you know find ourselves, or maybe you're just too you know you're really busy <laughs> thinking about you know what's going on and. Just so you know, we, we do all of this. Uh, we have no, no one backing us. We speak the truth in love, hopefully. We, hopefully we try to bring a, you know, a, a centered perspective. And we appreciate when you do help us to do that. And my website is laurelin.tv. And the easiest way to go and check out everything that we're doing is right there. And we do have one more video. I, we can't neglect that. Thank you, JT. I'm sorry, I almost forgot about this one lady. This is a, a Jewish woman from Israel. She has some opinions. Take a look. This is not gonna be a video of me crying. Not because I don't wanna cry. Because there's some things that needs to be said. I've been talking to a lot of people asking me what about the Palestinian in the past 70 years? And I'm not going to talk about Hamas using the Palestinian citizen as human shield and launching missiles from within the villages. I'm going to say this. Never, ever, in the past 70 years, have Jews walked into villages and murdered women, families, children. Never in the past 70 years have Jews walked in to villages, kidnapped women and raping them while other cheering in the background until their legs were broken and cannot be closed again. Never in the past 70 years have Jews walked into villages burning babies and kids while alive. Never in the past 70 years have we walked into a party with people celebrating in the name of peace, love, and light and shot them and executed them like ducks. When you stand with Hamas, you stand with this. This is not a war about a land. 
This is a war about humanity. Do you stand with raping women? Do you stand with torturing babies? Do you stand with murdering their parents in front of their eyes? Do you stand with burning babies in front of their mothers? Do you stand with this? Because this is what it means when you stand by Hamas. This is not a war about a land. This is a war about humanity. Now you look in the mirror and you tell me, who do you stand with? This is not going to be a video of me crying. That was the end. Um, so that is a cry. Now, on some of the feeds, we can see that this is this is the difficulty. Some of you out there are still like that there's propaganda uh, on Israel's side and that all of this never really happened. I don't know what to tell you. Hamas actually put videos up. You can go and find them. And if you really need proof because you have such disdain for Israel, I think you should go and try to find the Hamas videos. You should also get to the videos of the, the killed and murdered babies because I'm not showing it. And yes, I've seen terrible pictures all already. And actually I looked at as much as I could stomach. And I am not looking at any more. It's all there. If you want to find out what really happened there, it's there. Hamas posted their own propaganda videos on their side to exalt and cheer at the murdering of people. There's plenty of proof. And if you want to narrow it down uh, to the beheaded babies, if you would like to go and look at the, the pictures, you go right ahead. There has been a lot of pain and I will not side on the side of anyone who would do this. Some people in our country calling themselves Canadians will not even call Hamas a terrorist organization. I cannot stand with that. I can't. What we have to do and what I said yesterday, there's only one way through this. It's speaking the truth in love. And I decry all killing. But you cannot leave evil to come and take. And would any one of you, if brutal things had happened, your grandmother has been, you know, murdered in front of you, family members lit on fire. Because just consider, this is our world family. Would you believe that you would do nothing to bring an end to terrorists that would do such a thing? Would you do nothing about that? if it was your family. It's just time to stand. So I, I stand there and I know it's complicated. I know it's complicated. And I see Toby in the, in the comments, uh, you know, defending me. Thanks, Toby. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, I pray for peace in Israel and I pray for peace in Canada. And it is alarming what we're seeing, but do you know what? Um, I am so glad that I have good Muslim friends. I had a Muslim on yesterday, Mumad. I've had, uh, you know, 
others over the years, uh, numerous people from other religions, and we've had a discussion. I had an atheist former Muslim. Do you remember him? The apostate prophet. <laughs> I had him on to talk about uh, his perspective. So I like to hear from people. And what I'm doing when I'm not on air is talking to friends of Israel, talking to people that are actually for the Palestinian people um, and can barely see the wrong that's been done in, in the land of Israel. I talk to them. I have discussions. I wrestle. I wrestle with the truth of all of this. It's not easy. My website is laurelin.tv. Thank you very much for following. And uh, may we have many more times together to wrestle through what is going on in the world. Uh, I would love it if you could all come. Lance Wall now, he is very incredibly gifted in discerning the, the issues of Israel because he is Jewish and he's been, you know, following it for a long time and he's got all sort of the history and all of that. And I like listening to him and you might want to check him out on Facebook. Just look up Lance Wall now or go to lancewallnow.com, I believe it is. And you can get to his website and he sort of has a, a little talk that he does every single day on what's happening. I find it very helpful. And then I go and listen to the other side and I, I see what they're saying. And I think that there can be points to be made. But sooner or later, I don't think we can just not take sides. And if anything, I'm concerned when I see people taking sides on the side of, you know, those who, like the terrorists are on that side. I can't do it. Um, it's very hard. It's very hard. We wrestle through all of this. So I hope you can come to this, um, to this incredible event that we're going to have and get your tickets. It's going to be fun. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know what, who knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> who knows, right? <laughs> who knows what lands? We don't know what a show is going to look like. Let me tell you before we get here. I want to leave you with this from Proverbs 29. And uh, it says, whoever remains stiff necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Stiff necked. What does that mean? It means when you remain stubborn, after you've been rebuked, after you've been told, after people have given you warnings, and you remain with a, a stiff necked, a hardened demeanor, that can end up in your destruction. When the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. By justice, a king gives a country stability, but those who are greedy for bribes tear it down. Those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet. You know, that is such a, an important verse. People like to flatter, right? You like to give compliments and let everyone know, hey, we're in this together. You know, I'm on your side. Um, I don't like that. I don't want flattery that is not sincere. I don't want flattery from anyone because they want something from me and they're hoping 
that I'll do something for them in some way, in some measure. I want honesty and the occasional nice compliments. Great. Evildoers are snared by their own sin, but the righteous shout for joy and are glad. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Mockers stir up a city. Can a mocker stir up an entire city? Can people right now stir up the spirit of an entire city? I think so. But the wise turn away anger. If a wise person goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs and there is no peace. The bloodthirsty hate a person of integrity and seek to kill the upright. Fools give full vent to their rage. Fools mouthing off hateful words about violence and killing and harm. Fools do that, but the wise bring calm in the end. I pray there are some wise people in the political realms, on the streets of Israel, on the streets of Gaza, on the streets of Lebanon, on the streets of Iran. I pray that there are wise men and women bringing calm in the end. If a, if a ruler listens to lies, all his officials become wicked. Wow. The poor and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives sight to the eyes of both. If a king judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom. I don't, I don't really like discipline. You know, I remember when I went to this school, I had to get disciplined sometimes. And uh, as I've gotten older, I understand one thing, and that is that when you have discipline, when you have a calling up short, you get wiser for it. Because a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. May God help us. I've enjoyed having this time with you. Thanks for being here with me. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. But for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.